0: Created for the MAPE community, by the MAPE community,
1: Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid.
0: Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Desir. And this the guest we have today is going to share so much and touch on a topic that I think has been a debate ever since I've been in, since I've been working, especially in advertising. So I'm really excited to hear their point of view, what they have to say, Um, but why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Carl, happy to be here. Um, Proud Maple alum of 2005. My name is Gregory Page, Uh, he, him, his. I am currently a brand marketing manager at what is now known as Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook. Yeah, man, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, As you mentioned, I started off my career on the agency side and then moved over, man, I don't know, it's like coming up on eight to 10 years or something now uh, to what we call quote unquote the client side, uh, Mm -hmm. moved over to the brand side. Um, So yeah, happy to tell some of those stories. I think I've I've learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot, but uh, yeah, just happy to have this conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. Like I said before, it's always been kind of just like grass is always greener on the client side. And I'm yeah. curious to hear your perspective on that, having worked on both agency and client side. And a client, a very interesting client now, it's like shifting and changing and, and impacts so much of what happens in on different platforms in the advertising world. But before we get there, yep. Gregor, we always got to check in. We do the red, yellow, green check-in to see how yeah. you're coming in. And for those first-time listeners this check-in is based in colors. So red means I'm physically here or virtually here in this case, and I am, but I'm distracted because I got so much going on. Something just happened you know. over here. I got construction in my house. I got things at work, whatever it might be. Green is you're 100% here. You're ready to go. You're focused. Yellow is somewhere in between. There's no good and bad here. It's just how you're showing up today. Throw in some other colors, mix and match. Yeah. Throw in some shapes. It's really just representation of you today, how you're feeling, Gregory. How are you coming in today?
1: It's such a fitting question. Um, first, I'll answer it. I'm somewhere in between yellow and green, uh, okay. and the reason why I'm not all green is that it's actually my last week at Meta. Oh, okay. um, yeah. I've decided to pursue another opportunity, um, and I'll actually be joining Calm the meditation app as their first consumer product marketing manager. Um, so I say it's a fitting question because obviously Calm is all about mental fitness and mm-hmm. checking in with yourself. By the way, if for whatever reason that doesn't work out, I'll just call you, Carl, and ask you to edit that part out. <laughs> that part out. Um, but but it seems to be all good. I've, I've signed the offer and everything. So I'm excited about well, that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But there's just a lot going on in your last few days leaving the company and, oh, and preparing for the future. So
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, you know, it's exciting, it's nervous, it's scary sometimes, and you're busy. So yeah. I get that. So thank you. Thank you yeah. for showing up, taking the time to chat with us today. For sure. Yep. Um, and just so everyone knows, we're, we're recording this in, in mid December. So yeah, time Timestamp Yep. Time stamp that because your, yeah. your 2020 is going to be uh, full of new new adventures. Love it. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Okay. So you are a 2005 Maple alum. What was it like way back then? <laughs> how, how did you even find out about Mape? What was the application process like? What was your summer experience like?
1: Just tell it. Yeah, I got to think all. way back on that. I mean, two thousand five is a while ago now. Um, <laughs> it's a while ago. My my one of my best friends, Justin Lyons, uh, found out about Mape and told me about it. I ended up spending my Mape summer in New York, um, and so did he. He wasn't with the Mape program. I think he was with he was interning with the NFL that summer. Um, but it was cool because we you know we got to kick it in New York that summer I don't remember too much about the application process itself I mean I think it was it was fairly straightforward you know in undergrad I went to University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill I was pretty intent on pretty early on in school pretty intent on kind of getting into the advertising industry so I'd had a couple okay. local internships in North Carolina um, there was one small one called The Republic in downtown Durham, which was cool. And then I had joined um, McKinney, uh, which was also in Durham. And so I uh, knew I wanted to to join an agency, um, signed up through MAPE. At that time, Tiffany Warren was running things uh, as a uh, manager of yeah. diversity programs. And I think it would end up being her last few months with the four yeah, days before she moved to there. arnold and of course she, now she's kind of like a celebrity in the, in the industry uh doing big things founding ad color uh etc but yeah so the, the summer was incredible i mean i just remember it was kind of like you know i grew up in the philadelphia area so new york new york wasn't alien to me but like living there the big city the bright lights um, I worked at, so I was assigned to work at Ogilvy One, which I think I think mm-hmm. Ogilvy has okay. since kind of um, it, it retired that brand. It was it was back then they're like direct marketing agency, um, but it was in Worldwide Plaza right there That's on I think 48th and 8th, and so it's like. Yeah, oh, Universal yeah, Music yeah, okay. was on the other side and like people would yeah. see Jay-Z and Beyonce going up the elevator. I never did, but you would hear yeah. about it. Like you'd get to the <laughs> office and it's like, who'd you see in the elevator or at the Starbucks on either side of the building? Um So, yeah, I was at Ogilvy One working on American Express. Um At that time, just kind of doing a lot of uh like direct uh, response marketing. You know, that could be kind of packaging up envelopes to... Uh, making sure like the regional phone numbers were right on the local TV spots. So yeah, it was like, it was like <laughs> your class, your classic intern work, but I got exposure to a lot. And, you know, I got that Ogilvy name on my resume. Um, hey, but like helps. the MAPE aspect was the memorable part, right? Like I just remember mm. we, we lived up at I house, um, up in Morningside Heights, oh, the international, international house. house yep. we didn't have any AC, um. So that's one thing I really remember is like sometimes going to sleep at night, I would have to like wet a washcloth and just like lay it on my head to get through the heat. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, just the the mate program was incredible, right? You have all these um, just ambitious, really interesting young people coming together for a summer, working at all the top agencies um, in the city and across different cities as well. And so I remember getting to visit all these different agencies for the workshops the, the social aspect was super fun i remember like all the kids in the media positions we'd try to befriend them so we could get to the parties that they were invited to back back back
0: all the yeah, perks that's exactly
1: right um so yeah i mean it, it was a little bit of a different time i mean you know like social media wasn't as you know ingrained in kind of our day-to-day as it was so you know i i don't know we might have still been on flip phones at the time i'm not sure but or maybe like the nokia candy bars but you know we, we were a tight crew just kind of moving throughout the city oh, uh, i have very very fond memories of that summer
0: yeah it sounds it's like it sounds like i remember the i house because i think one of the last few years i had a bunch of friends who did it like in 07 yeah. and being up in the I-House, no AC, fans going yeah. all the time, windows open, and those New York summers, Ooh, they were hot, hot yeah. and muggy and humid. And, uh, yeah, they had so. the basketball
1: court in there too.
0: Oh, I I never well, I didn't that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure
1: that. I'm not I'm pretty sure I'm not making that up because I remember because it was I-House, there would be like these international dudes uh who came in playing like their yeah. real old style of ball and like, you know, we'd be playing pickup games in the basketball court. So yeah, that was a good time.
0: That's good good times. Yeah, it's like you know, every May Alum we talked to always talks about the sense of community yeah. that was built and that like everyone's going through like a summer of just working hard, playing hard, and those bonds that forge just last for ever. Yeah. In some cases, you know, I just went a couple of weeks ago um, in the fall of, of this year, twenty twenty one. I went to a a Maper wedding. It was two Mapers getting married. And just seeing all the neighbors that came and like just being like, you know, yeah, we all move out. We do our thing. We can come back together because these bonds never,
1: never go away.
0: So uh, that's really good. It's
1: always been a big part. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I I wish I I had stayed in closer touch with some. You know, it's been a few years now, but I will say, man, it's a small world. So two of my closest friends from that summer, I'm going to shout them out, Maurice Jennings and Becca Valley have uh, over the past maybe three or four months joined Meta in, in different roles. And so I saw both their name, and they joined really close to each other, kind of independent of each other. Uh, and I saw their names and I was like, this is crazy. So, you know, we hopped on a couple calls and everything, but it's a very small world.
0: So we know now you're, you're, you're currently in your last week at meta heading over to calm client side. How did you get from the Ogilvy one experience in MAPE? Yeah. To the kind of client side experience like start back there what was your agency did you go to an agency i did yeah me?
1: yeah so i'll try to recount my my path as clearly and succinctly as possible um but yeah went back to unc for my senior year and then because of my mape and ogilvy experience for me it was like new Yorker bus like that's the place i'm going back so another thing about 2005 and 2006 when i was coming out it's like you were still like printing out your resume on the nice paper and like putting it in the <laughs> yeah. it in the eight by what, the, you know, the nine by 12 envelopes, whatever that big size is, and kind of, you know, printing out your labels on the printer to look all official, writing your cover letter. So I was just like, I had like a little kind of factory going in my dorm room of just like printing these things out to the different agencies I wanted to work at in New Yo, York.
0: I don't think, I think folks today will never really understand the stress, yeah. what it's like to run out of resumes and try to print new resumes in the middle of like a career fair oh, yeah. or while you're in this trip <laughs> for like one week like it's not just like oh let me see my linkedin you know why don't you just scan this and you have my linkedin yeah. and then, no like i remember the stresses of just like is this the right paper is yeah. it good enough does it look right enough oh i messed up yeah, I and is back. it the right resume for the yeah, right uh, company right because you're just handing over yeah yeah because you got to have like multiple yeah, resumes out. printed out and ready yeah. to go Whew. Glad
1: we don't have to do so, that. yeah, for me, it was New Yorker bus coming out of school. But somehow I fell into the recruiting pipeline for Crispin Porter and Bogusky, the agency at that point. Mm, okay. They were still um, kind of solely down in Miami. They were yep, like yep. the hottest agency on the block at the time. Yeah. I think at that year they had they had gotten kind of on the radar for their work with many just kind of doing nontraditional things like. Putting a mini on top of a mini Cooper on top of an SUV and driving that around. They they had gotten famous for the mini work. They had just brought in Burger King and so they launched the creepy king, who's still. I was about to say it's like right it before subservient chicken and all that stuff, right? Exactly subservient chicken, and so ended up getting an offer from them and couldn't turn it down. So i had never been to Miami before. I just didn't have any people down there, but yeah, ended up joining Crispin for what would be a six year career with them, about four wow. and a half in Miami. And then the the last one and a half or so out in LA um, kind of volunteered to go out there, help them expand that office and, you know, uh, set some roots on the West Coast. So I can get into the Crispin experience uh, a little bit deeper if we want. But, you know, eventually I got to that account soup-ish level and um, started getting more Uh, responsibilities and got to start going on client visits and I reached that point that I think a a lot of people reach where it's like all right well this this is really interesting where do I see myself in five years you know do I want to be doing what my bosses here are doing what my account directors VPs are doing on the agency side or do I want to be doing what my clients on the other side of the table are doing and kind of getting a glimpse of that world and for me it, it was the latter and so I Went back to school. Actually, I went to business school at UCLA to kind of facilitate that transition. Can talk about that too. It's not, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: so let me let me just pause you there for one second because I know a lot of, I mean, I'm well beyond this, but like the, the whole idea of like going back to school. Do you need an MBA, a higher degree, to do the work in advertising? Do this stuff. What benefits did it get you? Like, so what made you want to go back to school, knowing that you already had a job in advertising? you know, doing well, you know, yeah. moving up. What, what, what drew you back to school?
1: Um, well, it was specifically to kind of facilitate that transition from agency side to client side. It's, mm. it's definitely not okay. something you have to do. So I, I do want to make sure that's clear. There, there are different routes. There are many ways. Um, it depends on kind of, are you able to take a couple of years off of work and do that? You know, it's, it's, it's not a, a cheap endeavor. yeah.
0: Or are you able to work while doing it? While yep. Doing so there's it.
1: A, yep, there's a ton you of part-time know. programs, executive MBA programs. There's, yeah. there's a lot of options. But for me, I, I was just in a position where I was in L.A. Um, I, I knew I wanted to go to one of the West Coast schools and got the opportunity to do so. Largely supported by a couple programs similar to MAPE that you know helped me get my foot in the door and build community around that whole process as well. So I'm thankful uh, to those programs but yeah, went back to school to facilitate that transition um, in between your first and second years of business school is when you get the internship that really has a lot to do with where you end up. And so I ended mm. up interning at Mattel, the toy company think Barbie, Hot Wheels, okay. Fisher Price, the whole nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and got the full time of offer there, which I ended up accepting. It's, it's very hard to turn down that full time nice. offer because you get to you yeah. get to really enjoy cool. that second year of school uh, once you have the offer in hand. But Joined Mattel um, at the time, they had what was basically an internal digital agency uh, called Digital Initiatives Group. Um, so I joined them in kind of an all-round digital marketing group, helping work on their social strategy, website, just kind of an all-round kind of digital athlete role. About six months after I joined Mattel, they hired a director to run or really build their CRM program, customer relationship management, uh, one-to-one marketing, lifecycle marketing, has many names as well, but it was. It was a good opportunity because Mattel was this company with, you know, customers who were really who really cared about the products and the brands because they're dealing with their kids. Yeah. And so they had all this information on parents, but they weren't really doing anything with it. And so they hired this director to come in and start to build the foundation for what would be kind of like a, a purposeful, useful CRM program. So I raised my hand to to join her and help build that out. I had zero experience in this type of marketing. You know, I came from full service creative agency. I did go to school, but didn't really study this stuff. Um, but just decided to kind of go cool. all in. Yeah.
0: And what made you like with zero experience, right? What made you make that leap and say, take that kind of, you know, bet on yeah. yourself and say, you know, I got no experience here, but I'm going to do this. Like what, what the, made you do that? The
1: opportunity to build something new in what is quite frankly, a pretty traditional company. You know what I mean? It's a Mattel's a mm. traditional. It's, it's not like a digitally native company. It's not a tech company. Um, they build toys. They're really good at it. They're used to kind of the cyclical <laughs> nature of the toy industry. Like it was just very traditional in many senses. Um, and so I saw the opportunity to kind of help build something new and kind of bring them forward into the future and kind of using data in a more purposeful, meaningful way to build relationships with their customers.
0: And so that, that's interesting because like, you took the lead to do something new, something kind of forward-looking, forward-thinking at a very traditional company that they've never done before. How did you, like, whether upskill yourself to make sure that happened or really just, like, sell that into them? Yeah, you know, because it was
1: brand new; they never seen it before. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, so I think I benefited from the fact that it was brand new for them. So maybe they didn't know exactly what they were looking for. I mean, they did bring in they did bring in the Mm. director, (laughs) and she had the experience, right? Um, Yeah. But I think I had just built enough of a a a reputation as just you know an all around contributor in the company in the bit of time that I was there that you know they decided to to bring me on to help her out. And from then on, it was just like really immersing myself, being curious. And learning, Um, you know, I was in sales, you know, platforms like Salesforce Marketing Cloud all day, and it's just really just learn by doing, learn by doing. But that that experience ended up being a bit of a kind of inflection point and pivot in my career because I was then recruited by EA, Electronic Arts, the gaming company, um, up to the Bay Area to do similar work and join their lifecycle marketing team. So EA is a is a digital kind of gaming company and they Mm -hmm. have massive Mm -hmm. amounts of gamer data that they wanted to better use to interact one-to-one with their gamers and kind of move them across games. When you're done this one, you know, you might be interested in this one or move them within games. Did you get stuck in this game Well, we're going to message you with, you know, uh, incentives or clues or whatever it takes to get you back in the game. So um, they had a lot of opportunity to kind of continue to build out their infrastructure with, one-to-one marketing and life cycle marketing um, to build stronger relationships with their gamers and customers. Um, so that brought me up to the Bay Area. I mean, we're talking kind of 2016 at this point. Really enjoyed my time at EA, but ultimately knew I kind of wanted to get closer to to the action. Like, where's the kind of brand marketing? How are we putting these games into market? How's that happening? And just as I was starting to make moves internally at EA, I fell into the recruiting pipeline with what was then called Facebook. And this is where it kind of comes full circle. And I, and, and I know we talked about uh, maybe getting into kind of nonlinear career paths. But it's funny because going back to school in my application for UCLA Anderson, you know, you generally have to write, what are your short-term goals, long-term goals, et cetera, et cetera. They want you to be specific generally. So I put, you know, after graduating from school, I would like to join a tech company, as a product marketing manager. And I outlined in the application all the reasons I wanted okay. to do that. And so while I did take a little bit of a detour into this kind of CRM lifecycle marketing, email marketing space, I was also ultimately able to find my way back on my like planned career path and joined what was again, what was then Facebook as a product marketing manager on the newsfeed team. And so yeah, I've been at Facebook uh, just over four years now. In fact, my four-year, what we call Metaversary now, was a, a couple weeks ago on December 4th. Um, so happy okay. to get into de- more detail into any of that, what I'm doing now, but that, that's how I got to where I am today.
0: Okay, then now you're heading over
1: to yeah. Calm.
0: I want to take just one minute because looking at, looking at your uh, your digital resume, also known as LinkedIn, there seems to be a... Um, you no, know, We'll jump back. I'm just so interested and curious about... This is it, Canina. Yes, Activewear? yes,
1: sir. Wait, wh- so that's the side, side hustle. That's the passion project.
0: That's the side hustle. So you do all this stuff. You're yeah. nine to five. You still
1: make time for nine the to, side hustle. The pa- nine passion. Nine to five project. is uh, gracious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's nah. the nine to five and the, the yeah. five to
0: nine. But I yeah, mean, no, I, I get it. That's what I'm saying. So it's not, it's not even 9 to 5, and you still got time and effort and energy for the passion yes, project. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll drop back and talk about the, the other stuff. Again. Yeah. I just want to take a side, I'm glad you asked about detour. it.
1: I mean, this is my creative outlet. This is, this is uh, kind of the fun part. Mm-hmm. So, And it, it's, it actually has helped me do my job better, and I'll get into that a bit. But Kanina is basically it's my little passion project. I'm basically creating apparel for dog people. Right. Essentially, I'm trying to create Nike for dog people. There's a bunch of brands out there, kind of digital, digital first brands that have come up on Instagram, creating like little pet accessories, whether it's harnesses, leash collars, things like that. Yep. I'm just trying to tap into this little bit of white space that I see where people are really proud to identify themselves as dog people and dog owners and they love their dogs. And I just want to give them kind of like a little bit of a visual apparel based representation of that. So inspiring people to, to be active okay. with their dogs and kind of building stronger relationships through that activeness. Okay. So it's not dog stuff, it's
0: for the owners, it's for the it's for the parents of these pets, yeah. these dogs that want to be out there, show their their love of their canine um, and out spe- specifically being active. So not it's not like athleisure where you're around the house snuggling with your dog, but you're out Running, hiking, yeah, boat and doing the shirts all that are stuff, comfortable, okay. so
1: a lot of people end up using it as athleisure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can use the for ultimate goal you. is actually yeah. to make functional wear. So one of my one of the things I want to do, kind of in this little bit of time that I'm going to have off a few weeks, is uh, start to learn what the next steps will be to make like the perfect jacket for dog owners when it's like early morning. I literally mm. just did this with my dog early morning. It's still dark out. It's kind of cold and brisk. Maybe a little rainy. Like, what's the jacket you need? with the right pockets, with the, hood, the you need? all the things you need. So, yeah. Yo,
0: please put a <laughs> pocket in there so you don't have to walk around I, with I hear poop you. bags. Yep. That's, that's exactly the, those something. features.
1: Um, but, but to bring it all full circle, you know, circle, um, you know at, at Facebook and Meta, um, a lot of the projects I've been working on are to drive support for small businesses who have, you know, last year really continued to struggle um, through the pandemic. Um, And then more recently, trying to communicate the benefits of personalized ads for those small businesses as a means for them to Mm -hmm. find their customers and build their business. Um, And it was actually through my side hustle, my passion project of Kanina, getting into Facebook Ads Manager and understanding what it's like to run campaigns. Like what are the pain points? It's it's hard, man. We understand it's hard. Like what are the difficulties? Um, <laughs> and that actually gave me real empathy for the small businesses who use our products and actually made me a better marketer on these projects that I've been working on in my full-time job. So it's, um, I call it a side hustle and it is very much a passion project, but it was also very much an educational experience, um, that kind of yeah, again, gave me the empathy to do my job better uh, in my nine-to-five. Yeah. Right. In your nine-to-five. I love
0: it because I can't – like, those passion projects, side hustles, your hobbies, your interests can have such an impact on your professional life. Like, I remember when I was just starting yeah. off in the agency world, and I was really into this this, this world of, like, yeah. the vinyl toy culture, yeah. which is about customization, this, kid robot, all this stuff. And I was, you know, at some points, like, embarrassed to even talk about it because I was like, no one's going to even care about this. And, you know, talking about my boss, it, it actually got me, yeah. like, a project because we were doing a project for um, a Gum and they wanted to explore the customization world. And my boss was like, but wait, aren't you into that stuff with customization? Don't you know something about this? Like, yeah. You're going to lead this, this project, you know? And I'm like, what? Huh? I just got here. Like, how much? I... But that's... So like people, I mean, even when I, you know, I just started about a year ago at Netflix and I'm talking to folks and they're like, well, I'm folks like, you know, I have no interesting hobbies. I'm like, no, you got something, you got something, you got something that you never know when it's going to kind of connect to your professional world. So I love how like you having your own strategy, your own business gave you the insight into like, wait, what is it like for a small business to actually use the products that we are pushing and I have empathy for that because it is not as complex. it is not as easy as maybe we it, think it is and it's that whatever. So for all folks listening, those side projects, those interests, those hustles, like, you know, be proud of those, share those because you never know how they're going to impact your nine to five.
1: Yeah, for sure. They're almost certainly going to be beneficial. And a lot of times you won't even know how until you get in there. Um, so it's worth cultivating those things.
0: So we've gone through your whole professional history. You spent about, you know, half your professional history on the agency side, half on the client side, at different clients, different types of clients. I mean, I think, I'm probably not the only one thinking this right now, right? This question of, you know, is the grass greener? What are the differences? Is it better on this side? You know, like, from your perspective, right? Looking at the agency side, looking at the client side, like, what are the big differences you've seen, you know, between the two? Yeah.
1: I'll start off answering that question by just noting that when I am talking with especially younger people coming straight out of school or early in their career and they're asking me that question, I tend to vouch for Mm -hmm. starting off your career on the agency side. And part of that is just because it was my lived experience and I'm going to be a little bit biased that way. But one thing (laughs) the agency side does allow you is the opportunity to work across a number of brands. Right. So in my six years at Crispin, I worked on I started my career off from like what we called the bike accounts. It was like Bell and Giro. They make bicycle and ski helmets and Shimano. They make bike components. Mm-hmm. And it was a smaller client, but I had yep. like direct interaction with the client on a day to day basis. I got to work with directly with our creative directors because it was a little bit of a passion client for them. They were really outdoorsy and into the bikes and into the snow sports. And eventually they all moved to Boulder and did that stuff full time. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yes, I did everything did. from that. I ended my career at Crispin working on the Applebee's account. It's a quite a shift. Quite a shift. Like middle America. Like I remember being in these focus groups and you just get these people from middle America and you just understand how important it was for them to have their like family dinner on a friday night at applebee's and actually the applebee's clients were amazing they were from kansas city they were just like really good clients on a day-to-day basis um in the middle i got to work on best buy for a couple years got to help launch under armor basketball which was super cool uh we ended up going on this shoot from baltimore up to philly up to new york and it was super scrappy we were just like in a van finding um former high school coaches who could bring their former players in. And we were just, yeah, it was super cool. So you get this potential to work across a variety of businesses and challenges and develop a number of different solutions across just different areas that gives you a versatility that you can take forward in your career. So bringing it back to your question around um, me deciding to kind of join this new budding CRM team at Mattel, like those types of changes weren't all that new to me because I had come from the agency side and I might come to work one day and they're like, you know what, GP, you're not on this client anymore. You're on this one. So learn the industry, learn the business, kind of start fresh. But that's, it's one of, I see is the biggest benefits of getting agency side experience. And then the other thing on the agency side is you're just kind of tapped into culture and creativity in a way that's going to be hard to find on the client side now I can't speak for all types of businesses and clients this is my experience I mean there's going to be some startups who are just like all about culture or maybe you're joining a fashion label and it's all about culture but for a lot of businesses you, you the longer you work on the client side you kind of get you tend to start thinking as that organization does and it's hard individually it's hard you got to check yourself constantly and make sure like you you know you're not um falling into kind of the biases and the ways of the company such that um, you're constraining yourself from doing your job as effectively as you can but also organizationally that happens and so i think because you're working with all these different clients and because you're bringing on all these creative minds on the agency side from different places and points in their career there's just like a creative cultural energy that i think is worth being a part of at some point in, in your career before going directly to like a specific brand where every day you'll just be working on that brand day in, day out. Um, So I will say that about the the pros of the agency side. All that said, I did reach that point where I was like, okay, I'm interested in what my clients are doing. And I think on the client side, it's about that kind of depth of understanding of the business, right? And and being closer to the work that's being done to, to grow an actual business, whether that's like You know, you're working for a digital company, and it's all about customer acquisition, or you're working for a toy company, like I did, and it's all about sales and staying ahead of the Hasbro's and the startups of the world. And so, um, just getting deeper into the business itself and kind of in understanding all the different aspects of what it takes to run and grow a business and finding your way within that organizational structure, I think, has been super interesting to me. The best part about going client side is that you potentially get to work with agencies. (laughs) And so Mm. that's been actually one of the best parts of my job over especially the past two years because um, I've been working day-to-day with Droga 5, who I've found to be a top-notch agency partner, Um, you know, super good at what they do. And hopefully I'm a little bit more of an empathetic client because I have been on the agency side before.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like... um... You're what you're saying is that starting on the agency side gives you kind of this breadth of knowledge, this breadth of experience across different industries, across different brands, across different you know consumer sets. So many different things that has kind of like uh helped you. And maybe I'm putting you know, words in your mouth, but kind of helped. It can help you narrow down, like if you won't do want to go client side, what industry, what type of you know company you're looking for. And while the client side.
1: Yeah, yeah, allows you to true.
0: really dive deep into that and understand not just the brands of it all, but the business, the how you make the money, the the how the, the consumers really um, relate to that brand. So you dive one is like a, a wide net, and one is like a deep, deep understanding of a specific industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, said said perfectly. Yep. Okay.
0: Um, so I, I mean, I looked at it. You know, my agency to client side experience has been a little different sure you know um because of what i do on the client side you still learn a lot about the business you know you still this but because i work with like on in the inclusion side there's, there's you learn about the business and the people like and in, in deep into the people and exactly. how people yeah. you know do their business in the business yeah but i think like for me when i was starting the agency i wanted a big agency because those big agencies have a lot of clients, Yeah, you know, you get yeah. a lot of breath. Like you, you don't necessarily go deep, deep, deep. Cause there's a lot of hierarchy and you got people above yeah. you who are doing all that, but then went to a smaller agency. It was kind of like, Oh, you go deep into this client cause there's only four people on the whole. Account. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like the strategist, the account person and two creatives like yeah. on the whole account. Yeah. Um, so I love that, that kind of like, you know, agency experience that lets you kind of get and understand a lot and the client side helps you go deep um yeah. you mentioned you know you work uh the best part one of the best parts is working with agencies now and you have kind of like a, a droga was like a top-notch agency partner and you also mentioned being a little more empathetic because you worked on the agency side first what if you got folks out there who are either on the agency side or on the client side? What in your mind makes a top-notch partner on either side, and how do people get there?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, of course, I, mean, I know this is the premise of the whole thing, but I do feel like caveating. This is my personal lived of course, experience, and of course. Um, but yeah, I'll try to keep it as real as possible. So let's just you know, let's just I'd say, say s-
0: advice. Advice is just this. This advice perspective is all that. Take it with a grain of salt. Take what works. Talk to the listeners. Take what works for you. In that, and just appreciate the story that you're hearing. And know that it's not a blueprint. For sure. You know?
1: But yeah, yeah, I'll try to keep it real as possible because I think, you know, I have learned some useful lessons to to be a, a top notch, really quality agency partner. So the table stakes is just understanding the business, right? Like the clients hired you for a certain reason. And the better you can onboard and understand the business so you can get to like the real kind of substantial foundational challenges and help your client solve them, the better. So dive in, understand what's the client's business magic sauce. What are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, who are the competitors, what are the internal pressures facing the client, what are the external pressures, what's going on in the in the business environment. Like that's all table stakes stuff. But I think what makes really great agency partners is when they understand the actual clients themselves and kind of the people and the stakeholders. And so for example, as a day-to-day client, I'm often trying to take the work that we're building together and kind of sell it through the company and keep it alive and maintain the integrity of the creative concept. And so there's a lot of like work happening behind the scenes to make that happen after you present work to us or try to sell in work to us. Right. And so what can you do to help arm me with what I need to sell it to? my manager for my manager to sell it to her manager for us to sell it across the company and convince a whole bunch of people that this is a good way to spend money um, to to speak to our consumers that it's a good time to take this risk and so just kind of understanding the different motivations and kind of challenges that your clients may be facing at all different levels i know that's a little bit of an amorphous answer but i think at the end of the day, it just comes down to really understanding what your clients need to move your work throughout the business successfully. Does that make sense?
0: It makes uh, a lot of sense to me because coming from a place like having worked in the talent space for so long, right? We often, like a big thing is like, I often say, you know, you want to treat the people you're trying to recruit like you treat especially in advertising yeah give them that same rigor and understanding that you give the customers when you're trying to solve the business problems for your clients and what i'm hearing from you is like same thing all that work you go into learning about the consumer and what they want what they need how they think their their, their needs their wants their desires their challenge do that for your clients yes. <laughs> as well because that will help you become a true partner and say like okay if gregory's over here trying to like something, like what can we provide him to make sure that all of our jobs are easier, because I know his, I know his manager, I know his manager's manager, I know his manager's manager's manager, and I know what they want and need and what they're looking for. So that all yeah. the way down, I can make sure, Gregory, here it is, on the yeah. everything you need That's to right. sell it up. Yeah, the only way you get that is not just by you know understanding you know one part of the business or this that, but by understanding as much as you can about not only the company but the people that you are dealing with. That's just right. like advertisers do with, you know, consumers when they're trying to create that campaign for the company. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: And I would say that extends to just being a good partner within your agency too, right? Like I think back to my account days and sometimes I wish I could go back knowing what I know now because I would take things with me that would make me a better account person. Just like working with creative teams, understanding the pressures they're under, understanding who they need to impress, understanding why it's so important for them to keep their work alive, understanding why awards are important to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are different things. Or not. I, yeah, right? or, or not. It's like, that's ex- it's like that's the same exactly thing. Just right. because the awards yeah.
0: might be important to us as an agency, if it's not yeah. important to the client, you don't show up being like, you know, we've won 19,000 awards this year. Like, it's like, yeah. You gotta know what's important, what's not. And even if it's not important to you, you gotta show up understanding what's important. Like, so, yeah, I, I it makes sense. I get it.
1: Yeah. And then the last thing on, like, to be a good agency partner, understand again why the client hired you it's to it's to get things that they can't get themselves or they mm-hmm. can't build themselves internally or they don't have the the know-how or the time whatever it may be and i for for advertising agencies a lot of times that comes down to creativity like that's what it's all about like creativity is tough it's, it's like mm-hmm. very difficult and that's why we hear all these arguments about the future of advertising agencies. Like I tend to think they're going to continue to exist in some form or fashion because of course you, yeah, you need places who can pull together highly skilled, highly talented, talented, creative people, and that be their job to deliver creativity that delivers business results. Right. And so, um, always push on the creativity. It's, it can be hard, you know, a lot of clients, especially bigger ones will have internal creative teams and so on and so forth. And, and that's all fine, but there's there's gonna be a role for the ad agency and so understanding that and pushing pushing on creativity um, and then similarly, well
0: because I, I if I can because I think you made a point earlier that I think is so important to that point is <laughs> because you know when we' when you were talking about like the experience you get at ad agency right think about all the different types of folks and thinkers you need to think across you know from your experience you know um, like you know, outdoor bikes and helmets to Applebee's, to yeah. Burger King, like yeah. at, at Crispin, versus, you know, just one brand. Right? And not saying that people aren't smart, they're not creative, but you need a lot more folks to kind of span across that that have that bring in so much different experience, you know, and have to think differently. You can tap into that creativity across all that again, like you said, maybe isn't found because right for a client or company it's like it's you're just working on that brand right for those specific problems like you don't know the connections you can have from a shimono to an applebee's to a burger king that might apply in some strange way to uh, a meta right so i, I that's why i think like that that's why i think yeah i get that A
1: 100 percent, and that kind of leads me to my next thing that it's hard for it can be hard for clients to find or stay tapped into. And that's just like cultural relevance. It's just, it's, it's just, it's harder on, on the client side, I think than on the agency side where you are bringing all these people in across different industries and across different brands. And of course there are exceptions. Like at a place like Meta, we have teams on Instagram that their whole job is to be tapped into culture and what's going on.
0: I think Um, it's changed over the years too, as you know, clients are expanding what they do and, Realising how important being them and their agencies being tapped into culture exactly you know, provides added creativity and, and input for these things. yeah, that's exactly right so then, now that was the agency side like what from the client side like how can clients and the folks on the client side be great partners to their agencies?
1: Yeah, a couple of things there. I, I think the biggest thing is communication and finding that right balance between transparency. And kind of being purposeful with your communication and the information you're providing so that the agency has what they need to know to do their jobs, but you're not just kind of like inundating them with a bunch of data or information that's just going to spin them out of control, right? So a lot of times that comes down to just like really good briefs. (laughs) Listen,
0: there, there was one time I was working for this client and we asked them for some research and they just like, stacks and stacks and stacks and i was like
1: yeah
0: how is this helpful helpful. yeah that's not helpful nah like it's like don't give us a thousand pages of data right Yeah, for us to just sift through one that's going to cost you more money Yep, right because it's going to take us time but yeah so go ahead yeah And, and
1: that shows up across the relationship your example is a great one if you ask for research like that research should be we should deliver that in a way that you know if, if your people want to pour over the data, we can give that to you, but we should also have it kind of distilled and understand the takeaways that are going to be useful for the task at hand. It also just shows up in kind of the day-to-day interactions, like what meetings are we inviting you to? How often are we sharing status updates? What teams are we introducing you to on the client side that are going to be useful so you understand kind of how we're operating and who we need to account for? And so... Yeah, just it's it's always an ongoing process, but finding that groove, you know what I mean, where it's mm-hmm. like we're communicating at the right level to get you what you need to, to do the job that we're asking you to do, uh, I think is a big one. And then it just, you know, again, going to back to to the empathy that I talked about having been on the agency side, I understand that, and this is related to the communication aspect, but being just really clear about kind of requests and briefs and feedback, because Anything that the client says, especially if it's like really positive, like an agency will be inclined to take that and run with it because that means, Mm -hmm. you know, work is alive and we, you know, we've got, we've tapped into something here. So let's, let's build it out. And like a lot of times what may seem like small kind of insignificant conversations to the client may kick off a massive amount of just kind of like activity and work on the agency side. And this is something that, um, a former group account director at Droga, she had left, but came back and talked to our brand marketing team because we wanted to have some real talk on how to be better clients. Actually, yeah. Um, and because she wasn't at Droga anymore, you know, she could be a little she, bit more <laughs> real talk. And she, and that's what she said. It's like understand that when you're giving us feedback and you say you like something or this is great or whatever it may be, you know, the agency is incentivized to like build that out and really deliver on it. And so they'll they'll start kicking things off. And so. Um, the better, more concise, the more specific your feedback can be, um, the better it'll be in terms of getting the work back.
0: Good feedback, clear, not even good, clear, clear. Yeah. concise, direct feedback is like worth more than anything. Yeah. Because like, you made such a great point. It's like you can, it could be said like, yeah, this is great. And that's it. And they so it's in passing and the agency is like they said it's great. We're going forward. That's Everybody a, behind this. And you come back and like, "Whoa, hold on." Like this yeah. is not what I wanted. Like I I said it was great, but I I, I needed more of X, Y. And it's like, "Well, clear direct
1: feedback is what you need." It goes it goes a long way. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Way. That's man, that's that is that is great. Great, great advice um, from both sides. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We're coming to that point in the conversation. After that great advice, you know, um, where I want to know, like, you know, we've talked about your career path, You're giving great advice about the client side, agency side. If there's anything, this is the point where we give our guests a chance to leave it all on the table and make, make sure nothing gets left unsaid. Yeah. Uh, we give you about sixty seconds to leave our audience, leave the listeners with whatever oh, man. you want to say. It could have to do with what we talked about. It could be something totally different. It's up to you. What wisdom are you going to leave us with today, Gregory?
1: Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be anything that people haven't heard before, but I'm going to say it anyway because they're important things, and it never hurts to reinforce. One, just as we talked about, it's a it's a small world out there. So like build strong relationships build relationships with people before you actually need something from them and because those those things will come back around and those are the relationships that might get you your next job like it was actually a former business school classmate who put me in touch with the new vp of marketing at calm that led to mm. this mm. whole process of, of me leaving that after after four years um which was no small thing for me like i said two of my uh closest uh MAPE colleagues from uh summer in New York are now at Meta. Like things really come full circle. So try to cultivate those relationships and try not to burn any bridges if you don't need to. The other thing is to stay curious. And as I've gotten older, like I've found this actually harder to do in, in some ways. Like there's just so much going on out there in the world and out in the industry. Um, it may seem a little bit overwhelming, but I'll say that kind of Curiosity begets curiosity. So just mm-hmm. try to stay tapped into things because the more you learn and the more you know, the more you'll want to know. And these things will be important. Um, I'm talking about things like, you know, the, the metaverse. Meta is now a metaverse company. What does that mean? And what's that going to mean for, for marketing and advertising? I think just yesterday, Nike announced they bought an NFT company. Like this, this stuff is wow. happening. This stuff is happening. And even though nobody knows exactly what it is, (laughs) like try to follow along as best you can and stay curious about that stuff. And then lastly, like just lift, lift people up with you. I'm so glad to come on this podcast and just share a little bit about what I've learned because I've realized, you know, in kind of being more introspective during this pandemic and during the lockdown, like I need to be giving back more. I need to be kind of rekindling those relationships from the make days. Um, I need to be giving back to MAPE and some of the programs that helped me through my academic career uh, to, to lift others up with me. Um, so th- those are the things. Again, nothing people haven't heard before, nothing groundbreaking, but I do think they're important.
0: They are important. They are worth reiterating time and time again. So thank you for that. And Gregory, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Sharing you. your story. This was cool. Tonight. This
1: was the first podcast I've been a guest on. So hopefully it wasn't hey. super clunky.
0: No, this is, is going to be the first of many yeah. after this one. You did, I, this was great conversation. Um, I really do thank you for sharing all that you did and giving that advice. You know, this podcast, you know, everything we do on this podcast, we do for you, the MAPE community. And without you, Gregory, and alum like yourself and folks who support the program, uh, we wouldn't be here talking right now on this podcast. So thank you to you. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to the 4 Foundation. Thank you to the Left One podcast team and everyone who's helped make this happen. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Yeah. Gregory. And thank you for
1: the work that you do for Four days you. for Mate. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. And for, for everyone out there
1: listening, uh, thank you. And
0: until next time.